On episode 495 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Vivian King and discuss her book, When the Words Suddenly Stopped, Finding My Voice Again After a Massive Stroke. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 495. Have you decided you're ready to make a change? To reclaim your health and fitness. The 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. I'm your host, Alan Meisner. I'm an NSAM certified personal trainer with a specialization in corrective exercise and fitness nutrition. Let me be your coach as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. This episode of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is sponsored by Haka Life Nutrition, the maker of GLX3. I am really glad to have Haka Life Nutrition as a sponsor. Omega-3 is one of the few supplements I take regularly. But even with years of experience and having interviewed hundreds of experts in the health and fitness field, I have struggled to find a great solution until now. We all know farm-raised meat doesn't give us the right balance of omega-3 to omega-6 and that omega-3 helps reduce inflammation, which reduces joint pain and is heart healthy. Getting enough omega-3 isn't as straightforward as it should be. From the mercury in the fish to poor production controls, it's really hard to find a high-quality product that gives you what you're after. That is until GLX-3. Made from green-lipped mussels from New Zealand, this is the only natural source of ETA. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the full name. This version of omega-3 is particularly effective at reducing inflammation and therefore reducing joint pain. That's why my wife is taking it now. I take it for heart health. Go to hakalife.com forward slash 40 plus and use the discount code 40 plus to get a buy one, get one free deal on your first order, which gives you a two-month starter supply. GLX-3 is my go-to omega-3 supplement going forward. It can be yours too by going to hakalife.com forward slash 40 plus and be sure to use the discount code 40 plus for the BOGO deal. Hey, Raz, how are you? Good, Alan. How are you today? Uh, doing all right. Uh, it's been kind of busy here. Uh, my wife got is getting Lula's kind of ready, you know, finishing up some of the final touches. And we had a, a, a professional photographer come in to take some pictures and it was, it was kind of a scary moment because I, mm -hmm. I walk in and I go into the living room and it's, it's warm and all I see is her tripod sitting outside. So I'm like, okay, she's, she's doing something somewhere else in the house. So cool. I start opening things back up and she comes downstairs and says, do you have somewhere to be? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, and then she says, you know, we need to close those windows and turn off those lights and da, 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 da. I'm like, uh -huh. okay. So I just went back into our little, we have a owner suite. I just went back mm -hmm. there, shut the door, just stayed in there. So I knew nice. she was gone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Um, so I've dealt with some scary people, scary things before, but that just her just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here, you know, <laughs> do, do you and I'm, I'm out. Uh, but there were some really nice pictures. And if you're on the Facebook group, uh, I went ahead and posted a few of those out there. So mm -hmm. you can kind of get an idea of what this Lula's place I've been talking complaining about uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is beautiful it is beautiful it is. Uh, but it's been a handful to go through this this major renovation of it and uh but we're we're almost there yay it does look beautiful the pictures came out just lovely it looks like a wonderful place to to relax for a nice vacation 
And live. And live. And live. Yeah, you're lucky. You can live on vacation. (laughs) Well, not exactly. When I'm there, I'm not on vacation. I have to leave there and come to the gym to feel like I'm on vacation. (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful, though. That's very exciting. So how are things up there? Good, good. We have a mulberry tree on our property that produced a bumper crop this year. So we have um, jars of mulberry sitting in vodka, which we will have for a, will turn into a liqueur um, after they set for a while. And then we've got a couple pounds in the freezer that will turn into jelly. And just after that was done, our black raspberries are coming to fruit right now. And so we've been picking black raspberries. <laughs> My fingers will be permanently purple, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but we'll be doing the same thing. I think we'll make some into liqueur because we have so many, and then we'll put some into some jelly. So it's good. been fun. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Yeah. We we don't have much space, no, no growing space on on the property. So there's no there's none of that for us. You know, my wife had a, an avocado that she had grown up and it was, it was about three feet tall. And then uh, Buster decided to tear it out of the ground. And so it died, but it looks like it's trying to reroot. It's just, I don't think it's getting enough sun where it is. So I'm Mm -hmm. probably gonna have to move it, but um, yeah, we're not in a place where we could really grow our own food or Mm. liqueur or, you know, you know, it's just, (laughs) (laughs) it's tough. Yep. Yeah, we've got a lot of space here. So, but maybe some potted tomatoes or something, or at least herbs would be nice. Yeah, something. You know, we we mm-hmm. do have. It's funny. We have this. Um, it's called a katuk plant. I think it's called mm-hmm. a katuk plant. Hold on, let me check it out. Uh, yeah, it's called a katuk plant. And so, mm-hmm. friends of ours brought them over. They were staying uh, with us before while they were in town, and they went over to their property, and it was all over the place. And so they they picked mm. some and brought us some sprigs. And so we've been growing this katuk, and it's basically kind of a nutty spinach flavor. Oh, neat. And so you can like we like we'll mix it in with eggs or something like that. Okay. It's similar to spinach. You just don't want to eat a whole lot of it because there's actually there have been some studies that you know if you get like a too much of it, you can mm-hmm. get sick. And so mm-hmm. you just it's kind of one of those things where it's it's a really good it tastes really good and it, it mixes mm-hmm. well with eggs and you know works similar to spinach okay. um, but you just don't want to overdo it you know people sure. will obviously whenever there's something that's good more of something good is not <laughs> always really <necessarily> good <laughs> no <laughs> not usually yeah. yeah so we we are growing katuk so I, I guess i take that back we we do have a plant that we we pick a few sprigs from and, and put into our eggs fun that's awesome all right so you ready to have a conversation with vivian Sure. Our guest today is a dynamic communications leader with an extensive career in broadcast journalism, public relations, and community relations. She is an author, speaker, moderator, and professionally trained voice actor. Her background is in journalism. During her broadcast career, she worked at television stations in Alexandria, Louisiana, Tyler, Texas, and Battle Creek, Michigan, before moving to Milwaukee where she spent more than 10 years at the WTMJ-TV NBC affiliate. A native of St. Louis, she received her journalism degree from the University of Missouri-Columbia. With no further ado, here's Vivian King. Vivian, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you so much, Alan. It's so great to be here. Now, I, I have a connection with you that I didn't share with you before we got on this call, but I was a part, I, I went to, I joined the Author Academy. I didn't oh, do the Elite. Yes. 
Uh, but I did okay. do that. I've been to a couple of their conferences and, and whatnot over the, you know, of course, then COVID came and there, there weren't the live things. So I don't know that I'm going to get back to their next one if they, when, if, when they do the next live one. But it was just, you know, I saw that your book was from, from them. And interestingly enough, and I'll tell you, you tell anybody that's publishing their own book because you are self-published with them, is that if you don't make it easy for me to find you, I can't ask you to be a guest on the podcast. So uh, when <laughs> someone has a book, and, I, that is, and you know, I'm not going to say independently, you, you work with a group that helps you, but you get the book published and so many people will be published that way. And then I'm, I start searching for them all over the internet and I can't find anything. But you made it easy for me to find you. And I'm really happy and glad because this is this topic we're going to talk about today. Your book is called "When the When When the Words Suddenly Stop: Finding My Voice Again After a Massive Stroke." I've actually had uh, feedback from listeners asking me to have this topic, and so I've been wow. looking for a book on stroke and recovering from stroke. And that's your story, which is awesome. Yes, you, it is. <laughs> now, yeah. Can you tell us just, I mean, just in, just real quickly, um, you know, just an encapsule of what happened to you. Uh, and this is, this is eight years ago or so, right? Yep. Eight years ago. It was in 2013. It was a Friday morning. I woke up, I felt fine. I, the only thing I had, I had had a rough week, right? It was really busy. And I thought, oh, I have to get up and go to this Girl Scouts breakfast. And then I said, you know, maybe I'll cancel. But at that time, I was just um, becoming the vice president of community relations at the healthcare system here in Milwaukee. And I would fill tables and I would hate when people canceled at the last minute. And of course, in my heart, I knew this was really not a good reason. <laughs> so I said, I've got to get up and go. So I got up, got dressed. I didn't put on my makeup, which is not totally unusual. If I'm rushing, I'll do it on the way at stoplights, not driving, but at stoplights. And, but I will, and if I don't finish, I'll finish when I get to my destination. Well, I completely forgot to do that. I think in hindsight, I think the episode was starting, but I got to the breakfast, um, basically got in, sat down at my table. Someone, someone asked me if I was okay. And I, said yes, but they said, you need something to eat. Probably they gave me something to eat. And that's the last thing I remember for 10 days, nearly because I collapsed from a seizure. I was rushed to the hospital. Um, then they decided I needed to go to our hospital that specializes in stroke care. I was in neurological ICU for 10 days and in the hospital for a total of 32 days. And I basically had a stroke. I had a, a blood clot on the left side of my brain over the part that manages your speech. It bled out, killed all those brain cells, which is why I had aphasia and couldn't talk literally for about three and a half weeks. And I, I wrote this book because nobody looking at me would think that I had a stroke or was in danger of having a stroke. And, and then I found out the cause was blood uh, was birth control pills over the age of 40 that caused the blood clot in my brain. And I just did not realize that that was a risk. Half the women don't realize that either um, because they say, oh, I'm still over 40 and on birth control pills. The other half say, yes, my doctor told me when I was in my 30s. And plus it's in the fine print. But how many of us read the fine print? <laughs> I didn't. And yeah. so shame on me. But um, but 
we need to obviously have this talk because doctors don't um, readily necessarily say that, especially if you haven't had issues with birth control pills. Yeah. And we're going to get into some of the risk factors that, that include this, and we'll, we'll do that in a minute. But I want to start with one thing that I think was really important in your case, and you, you've you acknowledged this a dozen or more times in the book, is you you had your sisters with you. You had people there at the event that you were really, really close to that immediately stepped in and, and did big sister stuff for you and got things moving and kept you on track and kept things working for you. Uh, you had these really dear friends uh, that then identified themselves as sisters at the hospital so they could come see you and do the things they wanted to do. And you also referred to them as your posse. I think it's really important for us to have that in our lives, but a lot of people don't have that kind of support. And when you have an event like this, you've got to kind of be ready for it. And and in your case, you had developed these wonderful relationships, but had a nurse said, no, I need to see that you're actually her sister. Some of those things might not have happened. So can you kind of talk a little bit about the sister stepping in and then, you know, what that looked like from you, from a, from a support perspective. And, and then, so we can kind of think in terms of, okay, well, if something like that were to happen to me today, Uh how would it play out? And do I have the right things in place to manage that? Absolutely. I um, am originally from St. Louis, Missouri. I've lived in Milwaukee now more than 25 years and I don't have family. I'm not married. I don't have kids. And so um, my sorority sisters are really close to me. My sorority is Delta Sigma Theta and we have chapters um, all over the world. And so I'm in the Milwaukee alumni chapter. I also have other close friends as well, but because I was at this breakfast and and people, I was pretty well known. I used to be on television here in Milwaukee. And so I had friends here that in television, I had friends who were, were members of Delta Sigma Theta. And so people in this Girl Scouts breakfast knew that. And so they started calling my friends who were my sorority sisters. And so when they got to the hospital, um, the nurse said, uh, only immediate family in, are allowed in there with her. And so one of my quote unquote sisters said, I'm her sister. And then told everybody else who was in my close circle to tell them that you're her sister. And, uh, and, and you're right. They, if they had said, give us, you know, an ID, you know, they are so, some kind of proof. They probably would not have been able, of course, to do that. But I'm, I'm glad that they, they were able to be there with me because what they wanted to do was to make sure that they got down all of the information that um, we needed to give to my mother when she arrived to town that night. And so they wanted to make sure that I was getting my care. They wanted to make sure they got down any of the information that my mother would need. And so so it was just very important for them to be there. And from this book, my friends who are single, like me, they are designating people to call in their, not only um, in their, living wills, if you want, but um, also in their advanced directives that healthcare systems give you. And so uh, here with Aurora Healthcare at the time, it, they have five well wishes. And um, and so you list all of your wishes uh, so that 
so that they know, call this person um, if something happens. And, you know, of course, my mother is listed, but then also um, one of my sisters is now listed as well. And um, and it's just important because, you know, we're living by ourselves and we're home most of the time by ourselves. And and somebody needs to know what's happening. Also, since that book, one of my friends who was listed uh, as my sister, Tracy, she's not in my um, she's not in my sorority, but we're really good friends and went to the same church. And so now what we do is we make sure we touch base with each other in the morning and then in the evening. So we'll say good morning. We'll say good night because um, in a stroke, time is brain. And so the faster they can get to you, the more uh, positive your prognosis will be. And they have a chance to, to reverse things. And so, um, you know, it's just so important that you are just letting people in. And I know sometimes we, you know, get into our own lives and, and we don't let people in. We need to let somebody in so that they know what's going on with us. This episode of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is sponsored by Haka Life Nutrition, the maker of GLX-3. You know the benefit of omega-3, reduced inflammation, which helps with joint pain and heart health. And you know you're probably not getting enough from your diet. But then you read about the mercury in fish, or how the fish oil supplement you bought at Costco or Walmart might be oxidized and rancid. Not good. Then you look into a plant-based solution and find it isn't very bioavailable or creole oil, which is much more expensive and isn't really sustainable. GLX-3 is very different. It's from sustainably farmed, green-lipped mussels in New Zealand. The 17 omega-3s found in green-lipped mussels include ETA, which is not found in any fish oil. What is ETA? Not to bore you with the science, but it has been shown to be very effective at reducing inflammation and pain. Haka Life Nutrition has paired this oil with New Zealand olive oil, and vitamin E to make a very unique omega-3 supplement. I think it's brilliant. Mussels are at the bottom of the food chain and have a short lifespan, so they aren't as susceptible to mercury contamination. And they don't starve out other species when they're farmed in open water. Haka Life Nutrition is meticulous about their sourcing and encapsulation of GLX-3, each bottle is traceable all the way back to the place, date, and time of harvesting to ensure you get the best quality omega-3 product on the market. They offer a full 90-day guarantee. Go to hakalife.com forward slash 40 plus and use the discount code 40 plus to get a buy one, get one free deal on your first order, which gives you a two-month starter supply. GLX3 is my go-to omega-3 supplement going forward. It can be yours too by going to hakalife.com forward slash 40 plus. And be sure to use the discount code 40 plus for the BOGO deal. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you went into this, that you were 49 years old, you were healthy, vibrant, doing some great things, having all kinds of fun uh, and, and moving forward in your career, things were humming. Um, and they were just going well, and then boom. And had this happened 15 minutes earlier, you would have been in a car. Had it happened yep. earlier in the morning, you would have been at home. 
And so having that, that preparation just to know, okay, if something happens, this is what we do and this is who we contact and, you know, making sure that's lined up, I think is really, really important. Uh, even if you feel like you're in the best of health, uh, because you just never know. Right. Now, you never know you, you had some, uh, you had a couple of stroke risk factors, but they weren't stroke risk risk factors that you would have just readily known. Uh, one of right. them was your race. And then one of them was the birth control, uh, taking birth control when you're over 40 years old. Um, could you go through some of the risk factors that are out there and, you know, just so people know, okay, if, if this, then, uh, you know, it's at least something to keep top of mind. And if there's something that's reversible, which a lot of these are, I mean, you obviously can't reverse your, uh, your age, uh, but there right. are the things in your health you can, could you go through a few of the risk factors? Uh, and, and we can just briefly talk about them a little bit. Right. Yeah. You know, um, high blood pressure, uh, which is very prevalent in uh, African-Americans. High blood pressure is is one of the risk factors. So you really want to keep your blood pressure uh, regulated. I don't have high blood pressure. and I didn't then and still don't. Um, and so everybody would ask me, you know, oh, you have high blood pressure. And I said, no, I don't. So um, you know, high blood pressure is is huge. And, and you know, a lot of people have to take medication, um, but you can lower your blood pressure with exercise, et cetera. And, you know, if you have a history of, of high blood pressure in your family, you probably do have to go to medication. But, but a lot of these things can be mitigated with exercise and eating healthy and, and that sort of thing. History of a stroke in your family. Um, is something that you need to watch. And if you do have a history of stroke, you know, a lot of times we don't, we don't talk about what is happening in our families. A lot of people are so closed mouthed when it comes to their health. They don't either want to know, or, you know, they don't want to go to the doctor, so they may not know. Bottom line is we're not talking about our health and we need to talk about our health. You need to find out what your history is with your health. You know, if you your smoking is a is a problem, it exacerbates, uh, you know, ha- your ability or your um, incidence of having a stroke. And 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 with uh, the birth control pills, that would be an issue as well. But I've never smoked. But this birth control pills is kind of lower on the list, and and really it was like on the third list. And uh, but I found out that you know the the estrogen levels in birth control pills can um, cause these blood clots, clots after a certain age. And so you really do have to you know, pay attention to that uh, because birth control pills are used for various things and they, they are a lower risk. A lot of times doctors don't readily talk about it. And so I think that's where, that's where I got, I got caught in this this conundrum, if you will. I had never had an issue with my birth control pills. I moved a lot. And so um, probably from one state to the next, that didn't transfer, but maybe doctors weren't really thinking that I was have. I haven't had any issues. And so maybe they felt that it wasn't, um, I didn't need to know about this, or maybe, maybe they didn't know. So, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure, you know, I don't want to indict anyone, but I just know that this is an issue that we need to talk about. And, and even if you don't know what's in the fine print, 
always ask, what are the risk factors? You know, are there any risk factors to whatever kind of medication you're taking into your body? Yeah. And I think you, you, one thing you put together there is there's things you don't know, but then you find out, you know, you ask the, if you ask the question, what's the risk of this? And then knowing the other risk factors, you can kind of look at them in tandem and say, okay, what does this mean for me? So if you're looking at a medication that you might be taking, you say, okay, you know, am I overweight? Am I inactive? You know, do I smoke? Uh, Do I have high blood pressure? How old am I? What is my race? And you start putting those together and you say, and then put something low risk on top of all of that. Uh, It could be bad Now, for you. It was really, you know, you were, you were in decent shape. You said a little, maybe a little overweight, but not, uh, not, not anything exceptional. You were very active. You're moving around, doing a lot of things. You didn't smoke. You, you weren't a binge drinker. You're just an occasional social drink. Uh, you didn't do drugs, um, you, but you added this small thing on top of race and those risk factors, they came, came around. And uh, at 49, mm-hmm. that's relatively early. I could see why someone in their forties would be on birth control uh, because you still haven't necessarily transitioned into menopause. So you're still, right. as far as your body's concerned, capable. And a lot of people also take the, like you said, they'll take the birth control pills to manage their, their periods, to manage, uh, you know, just their cycles, uh, to have a little bit more control over their lives and not thinking about or not knowing about these, these additional side effects. So if you are going to go on any medication, get the pamphlet out. It's, it's long, it's boring. It'll probably take you a few <laughs> nights to read it. You'll fall asleep a few times, but ask your doctor and then, you know, just do a little bit of basic research. It's not that you're going to be Dr. Google or anything, but just get out there and say, if my doctor's prescribing something that I'm going to put in my body, I need to know what this does, not just what it's going to do for me, but what it could do to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of my friends also said to, um, maybe even talk to a pharmacist or a pharmacologist, because a lot of times, you know, doctors know their specialty, but they don't always necessarily know, you know, how medications interact with other medications. And so a pharmacist and a pharmacologist is really more in tune with those things. And so, you know, get, don't be afraid to talk to the pharmacist or the pharmacologist. Yeah. They actually have a little booth. If you, in most pharmacies, if when you go in there, there's a little consult- consultation, little booth, you can go over there and, and uh, they'll stop what they're doing and come over and have that conversation with you. So good, good tip there. Now there are different kinds of stroke. And I guess as, mm-hmm. as an individual that hasn't had a stroke or had a family member with a stroke. Uh, I guess, well, my guess, my grandmother had one. Uh, She's relatively young when she had hers. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't even around yet, but uh, there are different types of stroke. Could you talk a little bit about the different strokes and then kind of how yours was uh, unique? Right. So my, so there are, there are three kinds. There's an ischemic stroke. uh, There's the hemorrhagic stroke. And then there's the transient ischemic attack, which is called a TIA. And so a lot of people have had um, those types of strokes and they are, you know, I don't want to say the, the symptoms are mild, but they're milder compared to, to mine. So they may have something and they may be able to walk around for a few days and sometimes they may have two or three, but those are all kind of warning signs that a major stroke is coming along. The hemorrhagic stroke 
um, you know, that, that's just excessive bleeding that happens. And then the ischemic stroke is when you have a, a clot that really blocks uh, the artery. And, uh, and, and that's what I had. And it was um, a major block. But this is what was really interesting. Uh, my doctor, Dr. Akram Shade, he said that it's, it's called a, a CVT, cervical or cerebral, I'm sorry, cerebral venous thrombosis. And um, it, it's when uh, the blood stasis or stagnation um, causes pressure. And then uh, it, it starts to bleed in the vein. And so it's kind of inward instead of like outward. And I know that's kind of technical, but, um, but it was just a rare kind of, of stroke. And, uh, and that's, what, that's why it happened so, so quickly. And, and I had the see it's characterized by a seizure. And so I had that seizure. I had never had a seizure before in my life. Um, I had two on that day, uh, one at this breakfast, and then they had to stabilize me because I had another one once they put me into the ambulance. So I had two in one day. And um, when you have a seizure, you can't drive for, for 90 days legally. And so um, I had to, you know, after 90 days, I had to take, you know, work with my occupational therapist. And um, and we I know we're going to talk about them in a few minutes, but um, I had to work with my occupational therapist. So they do a driving test that really looks at, you know, your peripheral peripheral vision. You know, if you can see certain things, your reaction um, and then you have to sign. They have to sign off on whether or not you are able to do that um, before you send it to the state and the state signs off for you to 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 rescind your or to uh, give your license back basically yeah anyone that's listened to the show for any time at all knows that physical therapists are like my favorite people on earth um they, <laughs> they just are if you if you injure yourself find a good physical therapist uh it, it's going to mean the world to you as far as how much they can improve your life Yes. But you also then had to go to occupational therapy and speech therapy. Can you kind of talk right. about how they're different and why each of them was important specifically for you uh, coming back from your stroke? So physical therapy, um, very important because when you have a stroke, uh, sometimes your one side gets weak. And so this, my right side got weak. And so um, they would wheel me around in, in a wheelchair because I had to strengthen that right side. So I had to go to physical therapy um, every day and, you know, do exercises to, to, to basically strengthen those muscles. And, you know, it's, it's um, you know, when something is weak, you just have to exercise the muscle to get it back strong. And so, you know, physical therapy is so key. And we take, I think we take our therapists and we take, we take what we do every day for granted. And I just learned through my experience in the hospital that therapists are angels. My nurses and my therapists in particular were angels because every day we would work on something. And if I, um, you know, wasn't doing well, 
they would say, we'll, we'll work on that tomorrow. Let's work on something else. They're just extremely positive, just so positive. And so physical therapy just strengthens your muscles back so you can use uh, what you've always used um, in the future. And then uh, occupational therapy is really the therapy that helps you do your everyday activities that allows you to, to cook, that allows you to, you know, get dressed in the morning. And so because I was out of it for nearly 10 days, I, you know, needed to shower. I needed to brush my teeth. I needed to cook. I needed to get organized. And so all of those things, um, come in, in, come in the, the, the help that, of an occupational therapist gives you. Um, I remember being in the hospital and she take the occupational therapy therapist took me to um, this stall shower stall to help me get dressed and, and, and showered. And then when we came back, she says, okay, go in and brush your teeth. I tried to brush my teeth. I, you know, was doing what I normally do. And then when it was time for me to spit the contents out, I didn't know what to do. I opened my mouth, but I didn't know the, the, the function of actually spitting it out. And she said, Vivian, you have to spit it out. You have to spit it out. And I thought to myself at that time that, oh, I probably should have known this, but I went ahead and spit it out. But just the, 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 the damage that the stroke had done had made me had taken away my ability to remember all of the actions and functions that my body had done to up until that point my whole life and so uh, occupational therapists help you get back into your normal routine of life whatever they that may be and then of course there was the speech that was the most impacted of um, my abilities. And so I had to do that twice a day. And so I had to learn how to write again. I had to learn how to um, speak. I had to learn organization. The speech therapist also kind of gives you um, exercises to do to say, what would you do first? What would you do second? You know, what do you remember from this, from this, this sheet with these pictures on it? And and so all of that kind of works together to get your mind back um, into the organizational uh, habit that it's been in for, for your entire life. So I, too, love them, <laughs> just like you love them. Good. <laughs> and, and you did your work. And I think that's the, the core of this. You, you, you did it. You kept doing it. And even when you were out, you, you went back to your appointments. You got your work done. And as the result you were able to go back to work. And after going back to work and working your way in, uh, now, uh, I guess it's as of 2015, you are, I don't can't call it stroke-free, but fully recovered. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, my doctor told me that, you know, my chances of having another stroke, 0.1%. So I think that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, would, I would put some money on that one, yeah. <laughs> 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 and and I, I'm not on any prescribed medications, but I do still take a baby aspirin each day. And but that's the you know, but it's not prescribed. Um, but that's what they want me to do just to, you know, regulate my my blood and the thickness of my blood. Vivian, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? 
exercise, movement. And I know sometimes I have a lot of friends who, you know, joke about, oh, you won't find me on the treadmill. It doesn't have to be the treadmill. You know, walk outside. You know, I'm in Wisconsin. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of cold in the winter, (laughs) but in the spring and summer, get out there. You know, I'm right on Lake Michigan. I like to walk along Lake Michigan. You know, instead of saying, hey, let's go out for drinks. Hey, let's go for a walk. We get one with nature and and we're getting some some exercise in and chit chatting, you know, with our friends. And so it, it could be dancing. I was in this dance competition, and and I actually we we danced like every day for hours when I was getting ready for the competition. And I lost like fifteen pounds leading up to that competition. Now I've gotten a few pounds back, but it's still, you know, you can do dancing, you can do walking, you can do just whatever. Biking, a lot of people like biking, swimming, anything that gets you moving. And that's fun. You want it to be fun. Um, just, just do that. Just, but have taking a walk, we all can take a walk. And if we keep taking a walk and walk a little farther, we could walk farther the next time. It's building up those muscles. So that's one thing. I think um, one thing that I do, I um, chat with my creator every morning. And so I wake up and I just, you know, want to make sure that I'm grateful for the things um, that are in my life. And so just to me, thanking God for all of the blessings that I have, number one, sparing me on October 25th, 2013, so that I could be here and tell this story and share this information um, because because he gave me the gift of communication. You know, I just thank him for that. I thank him for my friends. I thank him just for all of the blessings that, you know, all of the positive things that are in my life. You know, you, you, you need to be connected to your core. And and I would say also having friends, you know, some people may not be as social as I am. I'm not as social as some other people that I know. But if you have someone that you can call, whether it's a family member or a friend, connect with people because you'll find things to be grateful for just with that relationship. So So those are just three things that I think you just need to have in your life so that you can can live a happy, healthy existence. Thank you, Vivian. If someone wanted to learn more about you and your book, when the words suddenly stopped, where would you like for me to send them? Send them to VivianLKing.com. If you go there, you can uh, connect with me on my social media. You'll be able to just click and follow me either on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Um, You can also um, learn about the book there. Um, I also have a link where if you would like to get the book, you can link to Amazon, you can link to um, Audible. And so uh, you can just find anything at VivianLKing.com. You can also email me and we can um, have personal conversations and you'll be able to find whatever I'm doing on VivianLKing.com. Okay. You can go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 495, and I'll be sure to have those links there. Vivian, thank you so much for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. 
thank you so much for having me. It's just been a pleasure. And I'm glad I made it easy for you to find me. <laughs> Gary Oberbrunner would be really excited about that. And you know what? You talked about the conference. The next conference is coming up this October. So I would love for you to see it. I'm going. So I hope you'll be able to go too, Alan. I'll see what I can do. Hey, Raz, welcome back. Hey, Alan. You know, it was really um, wonderful to listen to Vivian share her story. And, you know, stroke is a scary illness. It's um, something definitely everybody should watch. And just like health disease and cancer, you know, almost everybody has some sort of a tie. I've got a family member who suffered a stroke. I've got a friend who a young lady suffered a stroke and her story was very close to Vivian's with having lost her speech and learning how to walk. And, and it's been a long road to recovery. It's, it's a scary situation. Yeah. My, my grandmother on my mother's side had one when she was relatively young. And so it was just things I remember is that her, her left side was just really not really strong. Mm -hmm. And so she had to be careful with her balance. And then she had this, uh, this thing on the steering wheel, a handle grip thing. Mm -hmm. So she could, so she could turn the car more effectively because she just didn't have the dexterity of her her left side to do that thing, but she lived well into her sixties. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the care that she got must've been top notch and she did recover. Uh, you know, again, I, to me, the big thing is, uh, you know, a uh, avoid this, Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. avoid it in the first, you know, we had yeah. Dr. Reza on last week and he was talking about cardiovascular disease, uh, being on the increase because so many people were more sedentary and, you know, gaining weight. And so mm-hmm. we know that that's a risk factor, you know, having excess body fat, having, you know, our blood lipid numbers not look well. Um, those are, those are big cardiovascular risks, but you know, if you're in a high stress environment or you're, you know, hitting some of those other risk factors like smoking mm-hmm. or drinking too much or those types of things, you're, you're setting yourself up. That's right. That's a good way to look at it. Instead of setting yourself up for success, you're essentially setting yourself up for failure or some sort of an illness. And stroke is one of the many diseases that we do know so many things about. I mean, it's been researched like crazy. And so if we know these risk factors, then why not discuss them with your doctor and see what we could do to, to reverse that. You know, in a lot of the books that I've read on longevity, you know, it's Dr. Day, and then it was uh, the the blue zones and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, They always talk about, you know, being active, having good social connections, all Mm -hmm. these different things that can help you live longer and she was, she was checking off the boxes, you know, she, mm-hmm. she was living the life that she wanted to live and then boom, it, it could have been gone in an instant. And she was mm-hmm. just very fortunate to have been around friends and, and people that could take care of her, get her the help she needed quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big part of this is one, a avoid it if you can mm-hmm. B have some, have some plans, have some contingencies. So if something happens, you know, you, you have people that are, know to look out for you. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, and then the final bit is, yeah, the stronger you are before it happens, the better your opportunity of coming out of this. And I I truly believe that that's a big part of why Vivian was able to write this book was because she was pretty active, pretty healthy, you know, checking off the boxes beforehand. And that Mm -hmm. just made it easier for her to recover. But then on the backside, she did the work. (laughs) <laughs> the, yeah. she went to the physical therapist and she got all the therapy. She went to the occupational therapist and did all the therapy. She went to the speech 
even when she couldn't talk, she was still going to speech therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she didn't wait and she didn't put it off and she didn't quit midstream. And, and a lot of times people will do that. They'll say, okay, mm-hmm. I've got the homework and they're not doing the homework. And they go yeah. to a few physical therapy sessions and they're like, okay, this is kind of silly. You know, I'm, I got this little pulley thing and they're making me pull my arm up and back and do that thing. And I'm like, okay, that's great. I can do this at home. Why would I pay this guy this kind of money to, to do the pulley thing in front of him um, mm-hmm. when I can do it at home? But the reality is that that is a necessary action to get your body back where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And whether it's the physical therapy, the occupational therapy, or the speech therapy, it's just if you want to recover, if you want to mm-hmm. get back, what you lost, you've got to go. You've got to do yeah. it. Well, it's so important. And these people are all experts in their different fields. And especially with the occupational therapy, like Vivian had mentioned, was that you need to learn how to do things, how to get in and out of a car again, how to put your seatbelt on and off again. And it's not that you're learning it like a child who learns to walk from the first time. It's that your muscles are learning how, how those actions work again. It's a little different and it's kind of hard to explain, but but the faster you get into these programs, the faster your brain synapses come back together and can process this information. And, and like she had also mentioned, time is of the essence. If you wait too long, then you might lose some of this and make the process even harder to, to regain and how to heal from. And yeah, timing is, is so important. Yeah. And I, and I know a lot of people would be shocked at this, but she had to learn how to shop. Yeah. I mean, quite literally, they took her to a store a grocery mm-hmm. store, and I think maybe a Walmart as a part of her occupational therapy so she could mock shop, so she mm-hmm. could relearn how to just shop. And you just think that's just those, those automatic things like spitting when you brush your teeth, as she talked about yeah, as well. she did. You know, it's like she just forgot what she was supposed to do next because yep. it, even though it had been become so automatic in our lives, mm-hmm. suddenly now there was a missing gap. Something was not there, and she had to be told to do something that she knew she needed she knew after they said it, it's like, of course, that's what I would do. She mm-hmm. had to actually physically, not just mentally learn, remember how to, what to do, mm-hmm. when to do it, but actually physically go through the action because she had forgotten how. That's such a mystery. It is the brain is so mysterious that way. And it just depends on what part of the brain suffers that damage. And who knows, like literally you forget things and then you forget how to do things. And it's just those random things like learning how to shop and thank goodness for occupational therapies who could, you know, ask you the right questions and see if you know how to do these things during your recovery. It's, it's really amazing. And, and the last thing I want to leave this with is, okay, uh, maybe you're not concerned about yourself having a stroke, but there are people around you that I know you love and care about. So learning what are the symptoms of a heart attack? What are the mm-hmm. symptoms of a stroke? What are the symptoms of heat exhaustion and heat stroke? by just by knowing those symptoms and you see something out of place, you know, a drooping mm-hmm. of the face, uh, a slurring of the words when the, you, they've obviously not been drinking, um, mm-hmm. those just different little things that are happening that if you catch it early and they get the medical care that they need, it's, it can mean a world of difference over how much damage actually gets done. And so it's just really important for you to, to know some of those things so that when you see it, you can react to it. And if nothing else, it's going to save you. She, she couldn't have done that for herself because she was no. too far gone before she even realized what was going on. But mm-hmm. the people around her saw it. They yes. saw it happening. And to her, everything was normal. But they could see it and say, no, this is not normal. 
All right. Looks like our power went out. So I think I'm still recording, but I think Rachel's fallen off because my power went out. But uh, so thank you guys for being a part of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we discuss weightlifting progression over 40. Until then, have a happy and healthy week. (laughs) 